Hello, up to Exodus chapter 10. Yahweh said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these my signs among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your son's son what things I have done to Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am Yahweh. Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and said to him, This is what Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your country, and they shall cover the surface of the earth so that one won't be able to see the earth so that one won't be able to see the earth. Sorry, did that bit twice. They shall eat the residue of that which has escaped, which remains to you from the hail, and shall eat every tree which grows for you out of the field. Your houses shall be filled, and the houses of all your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, as neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen, since the day that they were on earth to this day. He turned and went out from Pharaoh. Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, <laughs> that they may serve Yahweh their God. Don't you yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve Yahweh your God, but who are those who will go? Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old. We will go with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds, for we must hold a feast to Yahweh. He said to them, Yahweh be with you if I let you go with your little ones. See, if evil is clearly on your faces. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve Yahweh, for that is what you desire. Then they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up on the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, even all that the hail has left. Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and Yahweh brought an east wind on the land all that day and all night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. The locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the borders of Egypt. They were very grievous. Before them there were no such locusts as they, nor will there ever be again. For they covered the surface of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. There remained nothing green, either tree or herb of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against Yahweh, your God, and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin again, and pray to Yahweh, your God, that he may also take away from me this death. Moses went out from Pharaoh and prayed to Yahweh. Yahweh sent an exceedingly strong west wind, which took up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the borders of Egypt, but... Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he didn't let the children of Israel go. Yahweh said to Moses, 
stretch out your hand toward the sky, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They didn't see one another, and nobody rose from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve Yahweh, only let your flocks and herds stay behind. Let your little ones go with you. Moses said, You must also give into our hand sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for of it we must take to serve Yahweh our God. And we don't know with what we must serve Yahweh until we come there. But Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he wouldn't let them go. Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Be careful to see my face no more, for in the day you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, You have spoken well. I will see your face no more. God said all along he was going to show that he was Yahweh through the signs that he would bring on Egypt. And so now we've gone all the way through most of the plagues. The um, locust is the eighth plague. The darkness is the ninth plague. There's only one more to go. And God is showing that he is Yahweh. He is God, God Almighty. And Egypt, the Egyptians, they had a lot of gods. And these plagues were a challenge to the Egyptian gods. And I'm not going to go through and list for you all the names of the Egyptian gods, but researchers have listed the names of gods that, Egypt, that the Egyptians worshipped, and these are really demons. And they've listed, they've explained how the plagues correlate with various different gods. And uh, one example is the, that they had a god who was the god of the Nile, you know, the god of the river. Well, that first plague that turned the water into blood, that sure showed that God that he was powerless and unable to stand up against the living God. And you know, one of the, the things that they worshipped so strongly in Egypt was the sun, you know, the sun God, and they, they, it had a name as well. And I'm not listing the names today because I had previously made this video and I had listed the names of 10 Egyptian gods by name and the video, the SD card was corrupted. And as I thought about it afterwards, I wondered whether the Lord had allowed that to happen because he didn't want me to, to give the names of demons on the video. So I'm not going to give the names of Egyptian gods, which are the names of demons. We're not giving them any glory or place. Only the name of the Lord our God. And he's the Almighty One. But you know that the Egyptians worshipped the sun and they worshipped frogs. They worshipped a lot of their things and the plagues really targeted all these things and just showed how they were worshipping demons, that the things they worshipped were powerless. And of course, um, Pharaoh himself believed he was a god. And all the people of Egypt worshipped Pharaoh. And this whole confrontation between Moses and Pharaoh was in reality a confrontation between God and someone who thought he was a god. And Pharaoh, he was shown to be not a god at all. He was so powerless. And the next plague is really going to prove it when, of course, the plague of the firstborn, which we're going to cover very soon, just goes to show he did not have the power to stop his own son uh, from dying. 
In this chapter, of course, we've now got Pharaoh's servants and they're saying, please listen, <laughs> please listen to Moses. And they're almost getting desperate. Let the people go. And Pharaoh just, his heart is so hard. And now, of course, the Lord is hardening his heart. And you'll remember that I said earlier that when we keep hardening our heart, it gets to the point where we lose the ability to repent. Our heart just becomes so hard. So now the Lord is, is he's, he's gone past that point of no return. And now the Lord is using Pharaoh to prove that his point. And uh, so we get to this interesting part here where after the, uh, the plague of locusts, Pharaoh admits that he sinned. Did you hear that? Pharaoh says, I have sinned against God and against you. And he says, please forgive me and pray for me. And it sounds like <laughs> he's having, it sounds like he's repenting, but he's not. He's not repenting. And we have to understand this because we do, it, we do this exact same thing as well. And what, what's happened here is Pharaoh doesn't think he's done anything wrong. What he thinks is he's done something that you don't like. In other words, he thinks that he's done something that God doesn't like, or he's done something that Moses doesn't like, and so he's, he's saying he sinned against you. In other words, I've done something that's displeased you, forgive me, but he doesn't think he himself has done anything wrong. And we do this all the time. We regularly think we're really okay. The things we do are really not that bad. They're not that big a deal. And we don't see sin the way that God sees sin. So when God looks at sin, he, things are sin to God's eyes because they're actually right or they're actually wrong. So for example, we can look at something like murder and we can say, you know, that's genuinely wrong. It's evil because it's ended someone's life. And we can see how bad that is. But there are other things we do, like say telling a little lie, and we think it's really not all that bad. But to God, telling a lie is evil and it's wrong and it's, it's not the way we are created. It's not the way God lives. And it's not that it displeases him only. The reason it displeases him is because it's so wrong. And God is good, and God's concerned about what's good. And so Pharaoh here isn't concerned about what's right and wrong. He's only concerned about having displeased God. And he wants to get on God's good side, but he doesn't actually think he's done anything wrong. And there's a lot of people like that. And the whole society is full of, they think of things like, don't commit adultery, and they think, you know, what's the big deal about me running around and living however I like? And they think it's, it's just one of God's rules, something that God wants. But, you know, God has created the world to work well a certain way because the things he's established are good. And when we don't do it that way, it's actually not good. It's wrong and it, it causes harm. Adultery causes a lot of harm, a lot of harm to society. It breaks up marriages. It hurts children. It hurts... Um, it even hurts the person who causes the adultery. It, it brings pain. It's not considerate of others. It's actually not loving at all. So it's wrong on multiple levels. And people who do, in this one example, who do that one thing are only thinking of their temporary pleasure and they're not thinking of the pain it will cause to others. So it's inconsiderate. It's selfish. And, and these are all the reasons why it displeases God. And all sin is like that. And so when we think of sin, we've got to say, I want to follow the Lord and please him because God knows what's best. 
And even if I don't understand it, I will trust him. So our repentance to God should really be genuine repentance. When we say to God, I've sinned, it should be realizing we've done something wrong and we want to change and become people of character, people who are good. So um, I think the lesson we can learn from this is, is, first of all, the Lord is the Lord Almighty, and in the end, he is going to have his way. It seems like people can get away with things now on earth, and, um, but the truth is that there is coming a day when in every deed and every heart will be seen for what it is, and the Lord will have his way. And, and Pharaoh, of course, discovered that God was having his way, but we will all discover that too. So we need to go to the Lord and say, I have sinned. Not the way Pharaoh said it, but the way that true repentance would say we, get, we should say it. So Lord, we do admit to you today that we're sinners. And we admit that we don't treat sin as gravely as it should be treated. That we don't see it as bad as what it really is. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to be people who walk in righteousness. Not people who treat these things as though they don't matter, and um, not people who are only trying to get a good outcome for ourselves, but Lord, people who truly want to be like God, to be good, to walk in righteousness. Give us these graces, I pray. And Lord, let your blessing fall upon us and strengthen us so that we, we are people of a soft heart who will always love you and serve you. In the name of Jesus, amen.